Well, from the studios of Boise State Public Radio News, I'm Gemma Gaudet. This is Idaho Matters. The bubonic plague dates back to the Middle Ages when it killed millions of people in Europe. Now, this was, of course, before the advent of antibiotics. Well, just this week, a person in Central Oregon contracted the disease and someone else died from a virus called Alaska pox, not to mention the flu and COVID. So joining us now to talk more about all of this is Dr. David Pate. He is the former CEO of St. Luke's Health System. And remember, if you do have public health questions for Dr. Pate, send us an email, idahomatters at boisestate.edu. Hi there, Dr. Pate. Hi, Gemma. Okay, I don't even know where to start. There, I, I mean, it feels like it, it, it feels like it's one after the other. Okay, yeah. so so let's start with Alaska pox. I had never heard of this until till this last week. So what is it exactly? So this is another pox virus uh, in the family of viruses called orthopox uh, viruses. Uh, The most famous or infamous one was smallpox, uh, which fortunately we have eradicated from the world. In fact, it's the only uh, virus in humans. There's one other virus that we've been able to eradicate. Uh, and then most recently, um, we've even talked on your show, people will remember monkeypox or what has mm-hmm. been renamed as mpox. And we saw that outbreak starting in May of 22. Well, this is another pox virus. So it's in the same family, but it is a very different virus. And it was only identified in 2015. And it was identified when it caused infections in people in Fairbanks, Alaska, in that area. And that's why it got the name Alaska pox. It is uh, carried by small um, animals, uh, mostly rodents, uh, particularly the red-backed vole, which is kind of like a cross between a mouse and a rat. And Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, what is notable about this case is that uh, there's only been seven known cases of Alaska pox, and they were reasonably mild. Uh, People got uh, rashes, they got swollen lymph nodes, but everybody recovered. This uh, case was notable for two things. One, the patient died, and that is likely in part due to the fact that this was an elderly man who was also immunocompromised from being treated for cancer. The second notable uh, fact was it wasn't in the Fairbanks area. This was in a area uh, probably 500 kilometers away And what that just tells us is that this virus is likely circulating among these small animals in a broad, a much broader distribution in Alaska. And in fact, that Mm -hmm. is supported by the fact they were able to recover the virus from this man and noted it had a number of mutations and changes from the virus that they had seen in the Fairbanks area, which your regular listeners will realize that is a sign that it's probably been transmitting a lot among animals and getting these um, uh, mutations. So uh, mm-hmm. that was the notable thing about the Alaska pox virus. Okay, so let's now move on to the bubonic plague, also known as the Black Plague, as I mentioned. Um, 
I mean, this killed a third of the population back in the 1300s. Um, yeah. And so we just found out that there is a person that, that has a case of this in Deschutes County in central Oregon. Um, my apologies in the intro for saying it was Washington state. It's Oregon. But Dr. Pate, their health officials are saying they likely were transmitted. Um, they, they got this from their cat. Yes, that's the leading uh, thought, and there's some pretty good evidence for it. So you're quite right. Uh, people will remember uh, pictures of the Black Plague or where people were dying in the streets, uh, where uh, people, the doctors were wearing uh, funny uh, outfits that kind of made them look like penguins or something because it was the initial effort at masking and protecting uh, the doctors from getting sick. But but mm-hmm. it was a very different time then. First, you already mentioned, we didn't have antibiotics back then. But the other thing was, we didn't have sanitary conditions. Uh, rats were commonly intermixing uh, with populations because uh, we didn't have the trash handling that we have today. We didn't have the sanitary conditions. But uh, this uh, black plague, uh, the bubonic plague, has not gone away. Now we see very few cases uh, every year, but they tend to be in rural parts of the country. And it's uh, unlike the what we just talked about, the Alaska pox, which is a virus, this is a bacteria. Mm-hmm. This is caused by Yersinia pestis, and it's carried in fleas. And these fleas infect rats. In this case, it can affect other um, uh, other kinds of rodents. Uh, most popularly in Oregon, it tends to be squirrels and chipmunks. This is one of the reasons you never want to let your kids pick up a dead in- animal, particularly mm. a rodent. Uh, and but in this case, uh, this gentleman had a pet cat. The pet cat. Um, uh, uh, it was actually a stray, but the, the man was taking care of it. And, um, the cat would go out and do hunting and probably came in contact with one of these infected animals. It became infected and then infected, uh, this man. So we do still see the cases. The important thing Mm -hmm. is what generally happens is people will get fever and they'll get very painful and noticeable swollen lymph nodes. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about very big and typically in, in places like under the armpits or other places. And so that's when uh, we need to evaluate people because if we catch it early and we treat it with the antibiotics, um, people survive this and, and we'll do fine generally. Okay. So can we talk about though, this transmission from the cat for a minute, Dr. Pate, because I think the last thing we want is for people to go get rid of all their cats right now. Um, and we, we have a cat and he is an indoor outdoor cat. He's updated on all of his vaccines. Um, we even put the, 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 whatever it's called, the flea stuff you put on them, you know, because of their indoor outdoor cat. Um, but is, is that enough? Hopefully. I mean, I know you're not a veterinarian, but I mean, I can see people getting really concerned who have cats. Yeah, they should not get concerned. And and what the issue is here is this uh, cat and why it typically happens in more rural, um, less populated areas is because these cats go out and they're hunting uh, these small 
um, uh, rodents and all. You know, the point is, I, we're not going to see this in a metropolitan area, uh, very likely. So being here mm-hmm. in the Treasure Valley is not an issue. Uh, it could be an issue out in some of the other rural parts of our our state, but it's the the issue is what you don't want to do is have your uh, cats out hunting prey, bringing back these uh, you know dead rodents uh, mm. back or squirrels, those kinds of things back uh, to the house. Um, but if you have a pet cat that's in the house, you have no worries. If you have a pet cat that goes out, if you're in the metropolitan areas, you're not going to really have a major concern. You do the things that you've already talked about in terms of vaccinating your cats and treating them for fleas, those kinds of things. But it's not going to be a, a concern here. Okay. Well, our cat thinks he's a mighty beast, but I mean, all he's been managed able to catch is a grasshopper. So, um, <laughs> so I think hopefully we're okay. Um, okay. I also want to talk now, we talked about this last week, Dr. Pate, and this was this measles outbreak um, that we were seeing and it started in the UK, but then a little uh, a four-year-old, um, I believe in the Los Angeles area, uh, got, got measles because they had done international travel. So what is the latest uh, with this measles outbreak? Yeah, this is personally for me, as someone who's always advocated for child health, uh, this is terribly sad and disappointing to me. The back before we had the measles vaccine, measles was the number one killer of children across the globe. And most people won't remember that because we've had these vaccines for so long. And they're among the most effective vaccines that we have, giving about 93% protection with just one shot. And then with the booster, people are close to 96, 97% protected. And But unfortunately, we have so much vaccine disinformation Uh, out there that people are shying away from these childhood vaccinations. So we're seeing measles on the rise. Now, I can't even believe it. I have never seen a case of diphtheria, which is a condition that can be very severe in children, uh, affecting their throat and making it difficult for them to breathe. We're starting to see an uptick of diphtheria across the country and and across the world. And this is uh, uh, really disheartening. Um, And some people think that, well, it's better if these kids get natural immunity, they get get a boost to their immunity. Measles is one of the viruses that, and in fact, it's the only virus that we know that can, after infection, it actually causes something called immune amnesia, where for a period of two to five years, basically the immune system memory is wiped out. The measles virus replaces all of those previous memory cells that respond to infection when you get it with just the response for measles, which it does give you pretty much lifetime protection, but you lose Mm -hmm. all the effects. So if you've already given them their tetanus shots, you've given them other vaccines, all of that's lost after, after measles in many cases. Not to mention the fact that if kids get measles and it's worse than adults, and I'm talking about just 20 year olds, I'm not just talking about old people. In fact, this is one condition where young people are probably at more risk than than older people because we've had it in the past. 
But about 20% of people that, one in five people that get infected will be hospitalized. About one in 20 will develop pneumonia, which is one of the leading causes of death from measles. And about one in a thousand will develop brain inflammation and swelling. Mm. And tragically, somewhere between one and three out of every thousand people uh, uh, infected will die. And this is almost totally preventable. And what we've seen, to answer your question now, what we've seen is that uh, uh, seven cases that, that we've identified so far that were related to people unvaccinated from the U.S. traveling to other countries, being exposed, bringing it home. But we've seen just since December 1st, I think it's 23 cases of measles now in nine states. And we're starting to see outbreaks among these groups that share similar philosophies of not getting their kids vaccinated. This is a tragic situation, almost totally preventable. And I just encourage, uh, please, please, there's nothing good about your kids getting measles. Please get mm -hmm. them vaccinated. And it's a very easy thing. One shot, usually towards the end of their first year of life, and then another before they start elementary school. Please get vaccinated. I have about a little under two minutes left with you, Dr. Payne. I want to quickly talk about flu and the flu season. Right now, Idaho is our influenza activity has come down to moderate, but um, that's still higher than what all of the all of the states that surround us. Yes, except Wyoming. For some reason, Wyoming has very high levels, but we're we have higher activity than all of the other surrounding states. You remember we were a little bit late to the game, which is usually the mm -hmm. case uh, by the time flu hits here. So we got it later, while other states were having higher. But there are other states that are very high, particularly in the south and central and southeastern part of the United States. The big thing is that in many years, we just have a single peak. And you'll remember a couple of weeks ago, me saying that it looked like we were, it had hit our peak with flu. But there's every four or five years, we'll have a second peak that we don't really understand totally why it occurs, but it looks like that may be happening this year. And in this case, it appears it's because our initial peak was influenza A. Now we're having an increase in influenza B, and the, the thing that's important is influenza B is much more uh, hard on children. Uh, children mm -hmm. are more likely to get sick with B than A. And uh, the vaccine, the flu vaccine, covers the strain of B that is circulating. It's not too late to get shots. So if you didn't get your flu shot, this would be a really good time to do it, especially if you have uh, young kids. Well, as always, Dr. Pate, we so appreciate you taking time to talk with us about all of this. A lot uh, has been going on. So thank you for your time today. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks so much for listening to Idaho Matters. Boise State Public Radio and Idaho Matters are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Gemma Gaudet. We'll see you tomorrow. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, we're taking center stage. Introducing NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of Black-led stories from NPR's podcasts. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts.